Hello and welcome to you wherever you are. Maybe you're standing on a train or you're on the tube or you're on a bus or you're at home. Thank you for taking some time out of your day or your night to listen to another Book of the Week podcast here on the Literary Salon. And I have to say, it is such a joy looking at the books that are coming out this autumn and winter and picking the best ones just for you. This week, we have got a reading from Aaron Sood, who is a Scottish Indian author, musician and academic. And he does work around diaspora, around identity and mixed race heritage. This is his debut novel and it brings together all of his interests and you can really feel that on every page. And I love it when you get a debut book and the author is just channeling themselves in there, whether that's fiction or whether that's non-fiction. The book is called New Skin for the Old Ceremony. This is a multi-perspective novel, so it's told from the point of view of four friends who have got together for a motorbike trip around the Isle of Skye. They're trying to get their friendship and their lives back together after a similarly transformative but not necessarily positive ride in northern India 14 years ago and the friends are called Raj, Vidushi, Liam and Bobby. And I have to say, I went on my honeymoon in Sky, so it's one of those books where I'm constantly interpolating myself as a character. And as Aaron will explain in more detail, the novel is structured around the kirtan, which here is combined with music and multiple voices to tell a story. And for any music buffs out there, you'll have noticed that the title of this book shares the name of Leonard Cohen's 1974 album, which the characters listened to on their original road trip. And you could listen to too if you're into method reading. There's lots to unpack in this novel, so let's go over to Aaron with a bit about the reading he's prepared for us today. Hello, I'm Aaron Sood and I'm very happy to be reading exclusively for listeners of Damien Barr's Literary Salon. I'm going to be reading from a debut novel, New Skin for the Old Ceremony, a kirtan. The novel is a bit of a call and response between the four characters' past and present selves over the course of two road trips. And I draw on the form of a kirtan which comes from Indian classical music. I partly do this to emphasise the drama of the road trips, but I also wanted to draw on it in a way that was quite inauthentic in the sense that there is as much pop culture references throughout as there is Indian classical ones. And I think this question of authenticity or which tradition or nation belongs to you and which doesn't is a theme that pervades the novel. You can see this through the characters of Raj and Vidi who at different points in their lives try to come to terms with their identity as children of first-generation South Asian migrants to Scotland. But you also see it through Bobby and Liam, whose relationship to Scottish nationhood is sometimes passionate, but sometimes fractured and fragmentary, and always coloured by the fact that they come from very different backgrounds. The section I'm going to read for you is when the four of them first arrive in India for the road trip that they take not long having met as students at Glasgow University. So while they wait for their motorcycles to be fixed for the road trip, they decide to go to the Red Fort in Delhi and these tensions between what's authentic and what is imagined in terms of a relationship to place begin to emerge in their conversation. 
With three days to spare in Delhi, while Amrit promised to superfix and polish kindly the royal Enfields, the four friends decided to take in some sights. One morning, they woke in ceremonial haze to catch a dark, clanging minibus in the direction of the Red Fort to watch the sun rise. Each of them took a separate window seat, fatigued and slouching, heads pattering against lukewarm glass as the city began to sing itself awake in the slow morning light. Holiness wailed from megaphone speakers, engines rumbled, railroads drummed, horns parped, throats gargled and the clink of milk bottles chimed with the clank of hammers on anvil. The rhythmic bus ride to the Red Fort must have been around 15 minutes, but felt suspended in some thought-motion cycle of elasticity. This may well have been due to the previous night's ceremony, or the Carlos Valleys before bed, but either way, it was a rare quiet space, with which to think through their body's presence in a place their minds had long imagined, all in different ways. Liam, more so than the others, bought into the mythology of where he might find himself. He was not wholly naive. He'd read Carmacola. He knew about the post-colonial commodification of tourism, Worn tales of glacate hippies looking for meaning, wisdom, tantric sex and cheap drugs in all the wrong places with all the wrong gurus. But it was still intoxicating, embarrassingly seductive. And so he continued to read about Schopenhauer, Emerson and Madame Blavatsky finding light in the Upanishads. About medieval oriental epiphanies during the Crusades about Orlovsky and Ginsberg and Ram Dass rambling around Varanasi smoking oily hashish with Bengali poets. It was hard not to be intoxicated, hard not to be affected by all those imaginings, all those epiphanies. Even if they were dreamt, and dreamt again, they seemed no less real to him. Raj's imagined relationship to India was equally as strong but fraught by the fact that it represented a fragile connection to his father. Watching the streets wriggle to life through the lens of a blurry bus window, Raj grappled, as he did throughout the trip, with his sense of disconnection to place, people, and how their pasts were also his pasts. He wanted to belong, but knew nobody. He wanted to feel whole, but was fragmented. His connections were imagined, not real. His family had long lost touch, nothing left but fragments of language, pigments of skin. Vidi tried to convince Raj that his kinship could be real and imagined. Walking meditatively around the Red Fort, they spoke quietly in the bare honesty of mourning. Can't process it, Vid. I feel something here, like it's part of me. But I might just be imagining it, you know? And... Don't know. It just makes me feel lost. It's different for you. You've still got loads of family in Sri Lanka. You even look Sri Lankan for fuck's sake. Christ, Raj. Stop. If this place feels part of you, embrace it. It's still you. And it's real. No, actually, it's not even real. Eh? Look where we are. The Red Fort. It's not even Indian. Fiddy eased Raj's confusion gesticulating with her notebook in the red-humid sun. She spoke with a circular knowledge that stretched backwards through books and forwards through familial experience. 
The hierarchies of past and personhood seemed to collapse into one for a moment, as Raj looked at her with love and want while she untangled the undefined ancestral knots inside himself. She spoke of the Mughal and Maurya empires, mathematicians, astronomers, scientists, kings and gods and queens and goddesses, giants and Sufis and Buddhists. The sheer fallacy of a unified state. The sheer fallacy of a unified religion. The sheer fallacy of a unified self. The dangerous toxicity of purity, self-determination, cohesion, the oppression of belonging. Vidi took a deep breath and flicked through to the back pages of her notebook, pointing to a boldly scrawled quotation which she read aloud. Thou art the ruler of the minds of all people. Meaning? I guess it's yours to imagine, Raj. Or just let go a little. Look at Liam, he's having no trouble. They glanced over to the Red Fort Gardens where Liam was sitting cross-legged, having his face painted by a slender, bearded sedu both seemingly humming together in some impromptu transcendental dawn song. Raj let out a quiet laugh. Fuck's sake. It's cool though, he's got such enthusiasm. The way he embraces a place he's only ever imagined. There's something in that. Aye, maybe. Raj eased into the idea, but remained uncomfortable, fraught. Surely those relationships of the mind were detached from the harsh realities of actual experience. The same detachment that led to glaikit hippies on the hunt for cheap heroin, or lycra-clad yoginis looking to find the light in Goa. The unholiness of Hindu avata, the corrupt dynastism, the anglophone oppression and the BJP didn't matter a bean when your thoughts were absorbed by a chai latte after yoga practice, with some bearded medicine man horny for the evening ahead. All those imagined relationships were damaging to the reality of people's lives. Raj was different. He had an actual connection, a deeper understanding. So why was he forced to imagine? Maybe they were all one and the same. It was hard to know how to be. So if you're wanting some mood music, obviously you could go to the original Leonard Cohen album and listen as you read along. Maybe get yourself a glass of scotch, of course, from Sky. That was Aaron Sood reading exclusively for the Literary Salon. New Skin for the Old Ceremony is published by Indie Press 404 Inc, who we love here at the Literary Salon, and it's available now in all good bookshops or you can buy from them directly. You can support emerging talent by buying a book from a debut author from a small independent press from your local independent bookshop. It is the perfect trifecta of supporting the arts, or you can go to your local library, which is free and there for you to use. If you know somebody who would love this book, somebody maybe who's going on a road trip of their own, then please share this episode with them. One of our main aims with this podcast is to ensure that good books find the right people, the people who will love them most. So thank you for listening and do join us again soon.